This week on the Podland Trailcasters. I don't like Craig Body creeps me out. On the side on the side bar there when you're in Discord, you can have it tell like if it allows people to see what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. it will say if I'm playing a video game or something, it'll say I'm playing Fortnite or whatever. But under Craigbot, it just always says listening to your conversation. They don't send four people on the road. They send a dozen. A right. dozen. Also, we I don't think it's been too much swearing, but you were supposed to get me a, a Nino Nino sensor from your uh, I will. I do. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, in a future episode. No worries. Now what he reported saved your broadcast team. It, you're a, you're a what have you done for me lately type of no, fan, okay? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even making it about this. I'm saying like... <laughs> You're giving away the milk for free when I'm trying to sell the cow later why, on the podcast, but we'll why, get there. Like Grandma always <laughs> said, why buy the cow when you can get the sex for free? <laughs> dad just said a bad word. I want you to, what do you say when dad says a bad word? Nino, Nino. Okay, but don't do it soft. Do it like real. Like dad just said, um, dad just said sucks. Nino, Nino. <laughs> I'm going to say a Nino and then you got to Nino me, okay? One Nino. Ready? So what if dad said sucks? One more, one more. Okay. You don't have to lean in. It's going to record you. And <laughs> sucks. That was the best job, one. Bro. Thank you so much. Can record now. Let's just do a quick three, two, one. Did I get a clap from you? I didn't see or hear it. Not sure. I, I clap. All right. All right. I'll trust I you. <laughs> I didn't hear I didn't hear your cl- I didn't hear your clap so maybe we just did it at the perfect time. Hello Rip City to all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as always, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, the Mr. Professional, Christopher Joseph Burkhardt. What's up, man? It's nice to give you the full intro again. How are you doing? Who's joining us today? No one. God, Nobody, thank, sir. thank God. No one. It thank is God. I don't got to deal with these chuckleheads coming at me. <laughs> coming at me on... You got, you got, you got to have these group chats, and I mean, if 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 Ozzy, if Ozzy had Twitter, he'd probably be all over me. So you know, some good parenting right there, not letting him get to me on the socials. I had to deal with our boy Die Mad, who goes out and gets after me on the, gets after me on the pod, then gets after me in the Discord, and the next thing you know, he's tagging me in tweets about Robert Covington and nonsense. And, oh yeah, man, right? you you bunch of chuckleheads. Oh boy. Oh, it's been wonderful. The, the group chat's been awesome. Shout out to everyone that's been involved. Uh, Ozzy, KJ, all the rest. Also, we have, we have more Discordian friends that want to get involved in it. We're going to do a few more of these before the offseason wraps up. We just wanted to get one in here of you and I, Chris, because mostly because I'm going on vacation again next week, and I don't have the time to edit. I don't have the days to spend cutting down well, do you have, audio tracks. You don't have the time to edit on your pace. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fair. Look, look, life balance, my friend. I, I, I get out here and enjoy everything. I'm not sitting here on the computer all day. My dog would not allow me to sit in here on the computer all day. He gets pissed about, like, 1 p.m. if I'm not getting them out. So you know, you got you to keep everything balanced. Yeah, well, I just have to ride your ass to get them out. That's what I, I got to do, it too. <laughs> That's fair, too. You help with the balance. 
But yeah, sh again, shout out to everyone who's been doing the group pods with us. We, we got a few more coming. Yeah, shout out. I don't, really I, don't, fun. I don't really hate you. I just have to keep my character up, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Chris the Bully Burkhardt, he, he stays, he's a, a method actor here. He stays in character 24-7. Uh, hey, some, some people can pull it off, man. Uh, shout out to Christian Bale, hey! Daniel Day-Lewis, hey! Robert De Niro, hey! famous ass uh, method actors, Adrian Brody, hey! Leo, hey! Uh, all, all method actors, dude. They, I like what they put out. No, Tell me you no. don't love every Leo movie. You no, shout out, family nerd shout, out, shout out to Samuel L. Jackson hey. for just playing Samuel L. Jackson in every single, every single movie. He doesn't even play a character. <laughs> he just plays Samuel L. Jackson under a different name. So does Denzel Washington. <laughs> Again, though, shout out to everyone who's been on the group pods. We'll do more of them. We got Rocky. We got hey. BMAC. We got Shazoom. Hey. Uh, proto Plutonian. Hey. All wait in the wings here. Uh, we will get back to that. Today, though, yeah, it's, it's just you and I, Chris. It's good to get some banter off with you again. And... If we're gonna banter, we gotta start with the world-class, international love hugs and hate mail. And as always, uh, you're you're coming first for us, so uh, give me your love for the week. Wait, where are you sending your love? Well, the love this week is going to my my good friend and former coworker Chris B. Haynes from uh, locking it down there in the Shout Big out. Three celebrity game. Oh dude, yeah, dude was playing with Nelly and Gronk and putting the moves on, dude's. Dude's a bucket getter. Dude is a Baller. bucket getter. So shout out to our guy, Chris Haynes, man. He wanted the smoke. And dude, he's everyone's everyone. Every, you, got, you got some people who are reporters who can't go out there and do that. Not him. He's just a hooper, dude. I love it. Yeah, Chris Haynes is a hooper, without a doubt. It's, it's beautiful. I, I'm going to get my politics in here for this part of the week, though. Get this done early. My love for the week goes to the league not holding games on election day. Uh, they're, they're, we're, all, all teams, all the NBA teams are going to play on the Monday before Election Day uh, with a civic engagement theme, but there will be no games on Tuesday for Election Day. This is a departure from previous years, and I say what you will about politics and sports. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm happy that the league is taking a stand. It's helpful for the majority of people. Just make it like uh, you had to have your COVID vaccine to go to games. Just you, you should play on election. <laughs> you should play on election day with voting booths in the arena, but you have to be a registered Do voter it. to be able to get in. Oh, see, I like that. I'm, 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 I can't even say that's a bad idea unless we discuss it further. But let's not do that. Let's You're move done. on. You're done. <laughs> to the hugs. Where's your hug going for the week? Hey, my hug is my hug is going to the uh, the Blazer broadcast team, as we'll talk about a little bit more later. But uh, boy, they've had to deal with it the last uh, few days here with some news that broke about uh, them not traveling. Uh, on the road and that is something i don't think anybody who works in that profession as i've had before uh wants to deal with because that's a huge part of being able to do your job to its fullest so uh, things have changed though recently we'll talk about that a little bit later but hugs out to the blazer broadcast crew we'll get into all that and uh similarly my hugs are going to Dwayne hankins uh the gm of the blazers because he has a tough job my, my man he he's got a a tough one, uh, a, a tough rope to walk, tough tight rope to kind of go through, and all this stuff. And as you said, he's got some pressure on him from from a uh, from recent situations and decisions, which we will get into more. But yeah, uh, hugs to hugs to Dwayne. Yes, the president of business ops, not the general manager. Oh, I said GM. Yeah, oh, <laughs> president of business. <laughs> Look, I'm just so excited that Neil's no longer here. Okay, uh, I, <laughs> I I'm, I was thinking about the about his his office no longer. Uh, about it, not, about, about it not being filled by Neil. But yeah, uh, the president of business operations. How about your hate? Where are you sending your hate this week? 
My hate is, again, I'm, I'm just a full of teasers today, but my hate is going to nonsensical basketball conversations. And that is oh. like... Dame is those. not Dame is not a superstar, but Kyrie is, and it's like, <laughs> and and I and I hate that because like, there's no point, and it's not a metric that can really be measured. But like, I think it's really weird to kind of have that conversation and to try to boost up one's greatness to like try to diminish the other's greatness. And the thing is, right, like, Dame is an all-time great, and I know you don't like him, but like, Kyrie's been one of the best point guards of this generation as well. Like. They can both be great, but like, oh, this guy's not that great. Like, arguments about like who you would rather have or who you think might be the better player. Like, I think that's a fair conversation. Which one do you think is the better player, Kyrie or Dame? But like, I'm not gonna say Dame is better than Kyrie because Kyrie sucks, and this is why I try to diminish him that way. You can have right. more than one great player, people. There's a lot of them. There's been a lot, thousands upon thousands of players who have played in this league. So you can have more than two, three, four, five. Hell, you can even have ten great players if you wanted. Come on now. You're, you're, you're giving away takes out of here. You're giving away the milk for free when I'm trying to sell the cow why, later on in the podcast. Why, but we'll get there. Like Grandma always <laughs> said, why buy the cow when you can get the sex for free? <laughs> Anyone listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm gonna give some. I'm gonna give something who, <laughs> to someone who gets that reference and posts it in Discord. Well, listeners, you heard it from Chris. If you have not joined the Discord yet, that's where we get all of our extracurricular fun going. That's where we draw most of our guests from for the pod. That's where we give away tickets for games. You can join us in the third bench up there. Shout out to those guys. It's where we connect with all our other podcast friends and so much more. Come and join the Discord if you haven't yet. Link is in the episode description. My hate this week is going to the Heat, not the team. Uh, it's, it's just hot out. Uh, Chris, you and I were talking pre-show. I I had made a vow between us that I was going to be up in the studio, in my new studio this week, getting things done, and I confess that I am not up there. It's not that it's not available. We have to clear out the space. It's a little bit echoey. It's not perfectly set up yet, but it, it's it's hot as balls. It's not comfortable, and I'd rather... I've been listening to uh, Dwayne and Chad... Uh, Chad or <laughs> I've been listening to Dwight and Chad on the radio, and uh, you know I, it was just more comfortable to do so down here, so... Yeah, the heat sucks. I'm an Islander. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I don't I enjoy the heat when I want to be hot outside, but when I'm inside <laughs> in my cave in my shelter, uh, it's supposed to be nice and cool in here. All right, so first thing up today, the, the the hot topic for the week, really, the TV and radio broadcast team drama that's been going on and now resolved, quote unquote. If, if for all the you that are not. Chris uh, and myself that cannot see me putting the air quotes around that. This is, uh, I, I think this is an ongoing situation, but Chris, give us the lowdown here. Uh, break this down a bit as far as the, the history of what's been going on with the announcement that Dwight James first made on Rip City Radio, what, last week? Just last Thursday? Yeah, it was, it was Thursday or Friday. It was right, right around yeah. that time. But um, yeah, so for those of you who haven't been in the know, what happened was... was if you've been under a rock. Yeah, Dwight James on Rip City Radio broke the news that the Blazers had made the internal decision to not send the broadcast team on the road. And that's a weird decision to make. That means no KC, right. no Lamar, no Travis, no Brooke, and a multitude of other people who make up that broadcast team. Uh, they were going to do the games remotely, um, which I think some people at first were upset, but then were like, you know, maybe it makes a little bit of sense. You know, they did the bubble. You had pre-pandemic. They're, they're kind of used to this. Last year, they only, the, like, full disclosure, I mean, last year, 
uh, they weren't on the road for every single game either. I mean, uh, obviously you you have the you know Travis doing games from um, his office and uh, Brooke doing you know road games in the in the Moda Center concourse with no fans. But again, I mean, you're still dealing with the you know the the pandemic and not knowing what's going on you're at a much better time with the pandemic and knowing what the future holds now so everybody's you know pulling back on those reins a little bit and, and letting it get back to normal from a broadcast perspective and then you found out that the blazers were the only team that was not going to be sending their broadcast <laughs> team on the road and that i think is when it really struck the chord with blazer fans like what the hell's going on here is the owner cheaping out right? it doesn't make sense you're not saving that much money blah 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 uh, and again, we'll get into all those, but what happened today was uh, Dwayne Hankins, GM of the Blazers, if you ask Keith, he edited that part out, by the <laughs> way, so you don't get that reference. Um, but no, uh, President of Business Ops, Dwayne Hankins, uh, jumped on their radio show to answer some questions, and he just let off with the fact that you know he, li- that he heard the fans, listened to the fans, and that the broadcast team will be on the road. So the Blazers reversed course, and it's a, it's a good thing to see. I thought Chad... Uh, and Dwight kind of put it best on their radio show when that uh, it's easy to just crucify a team or organization for making a bad decision, but you do have to give them props for hearing that backlash and then realizing, okay, that decision we made was a bad one. But I also think if you if you listen to what Chad said at the beginning of that conversation was, I think this might be floating under the radar, but I, I heard him say, you reach out to us. Right. So right. it wasn't Dwight and Chad that said, hey, Dwayne, you want to come on? It was the Blazers saying, we need to play damage control and figure this out. So they reached out, and he made that move to go talk to them. So, And, um, and that makes sense now that we've heard uh, now that we've heard it was a bit of a walk back, right? Now we've heard mm-hmm. Dwayne come out and say, okay, we are going to send the broadcast team on the road because we've heard from the fans, we've heard this important people, and we've essentially heard the pushback about it. Does that just mean it's a PR-saving move, though? I, I, I still feel like... The idea that, like you said, the the fact that he came on, or the fact that he initiated, or the Blazers initiated the the contact here, I I feel like that's a change, of course, from what it would have been even a year ago. Is yeah, no, maybe I I don't know, but I I do think there should be some things to look in. We got to we one thing we do need to pay attention to moving forward is is this a full reverse on the full broadcast team? Because there is a difference between sending Casey, uh, Lamar, Brooke. And Travis versus sending your entire broadcast crew. The okay? faces For, versus the full, yeah. Full exa- exactly. So you may, are, are, are you going to have KC and them on the road to do their job better, but that they are talking back to a director and producer who are in the Moda Center control room still doing that? Doing that? Or are you going to have your full broadcast team on the road so that when KC and Lamar have questions, they have their producer right there in their ear. Who's in the truck, in the arena, who's been with them all day, who, and and as a, as a producer and a director too, you're going to have an easier time producing that show on site. Cause again, you've been at the arena all day, you know, what's going on. You have full control over those cameras from the ENG room. Um, So yeah, there's a lot that goes into it that way. So I think that's something to to watch out too. Cause he said the broadcast team is going, that doesn't necessarily mean that the, the full 10, 12 man crew is going. So everyone looks at Casey Lamar, um, again, Travis and Brooke, but there's a director, there's a producer, there's graphics members like a, a, a John LaCrofka is on the road with the team, right? And he's, he's right. a behind the scenes guy, right? So that's another handful of people. 
Um, then you have your freelancers at the arena. So you have PAs on site there that help with Travis and getting him all that. Uh, Travis, uh, the radio crew, so Travis and Wheels did this before. They have someone in arena, and they either hire a freelance PA, right? Sometimes it's a friend that happens to be in that city that they know, but they hire someone to go with them and be in the arena as as the, as their production assistant to sit there and go, okay, I, I, I need to know how, how, how many points did Damien have last night? I forgot. And that person looks it up or how many points is Kevin? Yeah. And so they have someone to help them get through it. That costs money, right? The, the money to right. have every, and so, so you were not only bringing your full crew, you're hiring multiple people while you're on site. And if you've ever toured, I know I, the third bench, right? So let's talk about them. The third bench in the Shout discord. The third bench. Okay. Uh, everyone was posting pictures of the season ticket event that, that happened where you guys got to go tour. Uh, the back, you guys got to see all the stuff that goes on, and uh, I'm sure you saw the control room, right? Like, <laughs> the locker rooms, yeah, they're the control so room. That, yeah, totally. that room is basically built into a semi truck, and those are the ones you use for your remote produ- productions. They're the semis that you see outside Moda Center for the visiting teams that are in town, right? Like, those trucks are your control room, they're your brain of the broadcast. So, you have to rent those out in every single arena. The Blazers don't have one, they don't own one that they just drive around the country for every single game no they have to rent one out at every single city that they're in and that can get hefty now you're again you're into the hundreds of thousands the millions of dollars that it costs to send that full production team on the road so it's not as simple as casey lamar brooke and travis there is a full full crew that goes on the road but people don't realize like even if you're a, a member of the team even if you're a, a, a Casey Holdall, a Brooke, a Lamar, who is a Blazer employee, unlike myself when I was on the road, I'm just an NBC reporter, right? You have more access and downtime with these players on the road than you ever, ever have at home, ever. Because you have your shooter rounds. Shoot rounds on the road are a thousand times more low key than a practice at home. That like mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. my greatest, all my moments of having a conversation with Damian Lillard, talking to CJ McCollum, just as a person, not a reporter player, just like, this is Chris talking to CJ. This is Chris talking to him happened on the road. Right. But what's so the difference? Have... What, what, what is it? What is it that, uh, what is it? What causes the difference between the, the where these, these players come in from their homes to a, a practice before the, is it about, they only come in with a minimum time when they're home here versus when they're on the road, you have like this, this larger amount of time. When you're, kind of just, because when you're at, spare? when you're at home, you also, when you're at home, you just have your very strict regimented schedule, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. this is when practice is, then you're going to go get your meal or whatever. You're going to go get your workout in, or you're just trying to get out super quick because you got stuff to do with your family, right? So right. I'm, yeah, I'm just out and I'm yeah, done. Okay. Shoot around is different. You're just on the road. So there's no, there's no, big gym like you're not getting your workout in right there next to the gym uh you're not getting in your car to go home to see your wife and kids you are at the arena so what they do is they open up practice they open up practice and at a home practice keith practice gets opened up but you have to request everyone so it's like hey i want to talk to dame i want to talk uh i want to talk to nurk and PR will bring them over. They actually have spots in the stadium, in, in the practice facility that you can't go past. Like you can't go past half court mm. of the first court. They have to go, come okay, to you. Gotcha. At shoot rounds, the entire bowl opens up and 
if you want to talk to someone, it's, hey, go get whoever you want to talk to. So when Damian Lillard's sitting down on the side, just tying his shoes, you go over there and you're like, hey, can I talk to you for a few seconds? And then you do your quick interview. Like, that's the difference. It's not them bringing it to you. It's that, that's where you really build those relationships because you're talking to these guys and just, like I said, shooting the shit. Uh, the, like the, Damian, the, players, Damian, the players have more open time and it's less regulated, essentially. It's, le- like, it's you're more like both ways here. Yeah, it's more like practice ended and you have 15 minutes because the bus leaves in 15 minutes. Right. Get everything yeah, so you just, need to just, get then. Like yeah, I remember totally. in Minnesota one in Minnesota one time, I literally sat and talked with Damian Lillard about old school attitude era WWE wrestling. Like and that's and that's <laughs> nice. a, it wasn't an interview. Like that was just me talking right, and that's the right. stuff that you just you don't get at the home setting because again, people go home after the games yeah. too. I mean, uh you have the chance as a as a reporter, whether you're a brooker or someone, you you you'll see them, perhaps you'll see them in the in the in the hotel that's another chance to talk to them maybe you're just you're just in the lobby together you both went down to get a snack right that's a quick chance to say oh hey dame how you doing blah 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 let's talk about have you seen the new episode of of uh right right. did you did you see the end of better call saul like oh and now again you're yeah and you're building relationships that way right As, as as simple as that is again you don't get that at home because when the game's done Dame gets in his car. He drives home. So you're not going to see him in the lobby of the hotel. You're not going to see him when you're boarding the airplane the next day. So it's again, it's just the chance and for it, interaction and is, is incredible on the road. In the same sense of like when you're at home here and it's more of that limited practice where they say you cannot pass here. You have to call for a certain player mm-hmm. to come over to do an interview. You're not going to sit then with them and say, hey, how do you like that uh, season finale? I better call Saul. Hey, like what, what shows are you catching up on? It, it can be much more casual and kind of just just interpersonal when you're on the road and you have that kind of downtime yeah i've had very few interactions with the players at a home practice where it was casual because it's just again it's a little more regimented a little more business, business as yeah, where the road yeah. is so the road is so low-key i think players understand it and respect it because especially if you're, you're there who's with tra- who's traveling with the team they know you're on yeah. the road as well so they know you're going through the whole the whole same nonsense and and and, and that's the big point here the, mm-hmm. the big point here is exactly what you just said is what was about to be taken away from us was the ability for Brooke, for Casey, for Dwight, for, for any of those voices that we love that we've gotten to know as fans, for them to have that access. That's what would have been taken away or very severely limited if the team pushed forward with this idea that the, that the broadcast crews, TV and radio both, were not going to travel with the team. Yep. And so, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a, a big thing right there. And then obviously if you're Kevin Calabro and you're, Lamar Hurd and your Travis, it's in, it's impossible to do your job the exact same level if you're not there watching it. And then on top of it, let's put to bed this this absolute nonsense that you're seeing on on social. And shout out to our our friend uh, Dan Morang, who I saw a quote tweeted this and tried to put someone in their place for you know it, just proving that you know nothing <laughs> about what's going on. Uh, but people who are like, oh, this wasn't a Jody decision or cost saving. This was a Kevin Calabro decision because he's uh, he's on, getting old man. and and he doesn't want to travel anymore. Okay, I'm sorry. Get Come get on, get your get your <laughs> get your Mike Barrett love out of here and your absolute hatred for Kevin Calabro because of the situation there. Like I get it. We all loved Mike Barrett, but Kevin Calabro is a Hall of Fame announcer. He is yeah. literally one of the best Hands in the down. entire business. There is a yeah. reason before jumping on portland full-time he was doing national broadcasts when you're that freaking good you want to be in those trenches and do the things you know you're good at kev the idea that kevin calabro said oh i don't yeah i don't want (laughs) to travel 
and people are trying to blame him for this that's absolutely ridiculous it's absolutely yeah, that's ridiculous that's just it's, it's it's just it is absurd absolutely but anyway so but the whole thing is just to round back you know it's a they were like not sending a broadcast team on the road is going to save them a lot of money. It's an expense that should be spent though. It needs to be spent because you don't want to skimp on your broadcast. But that's what I wanted to get to next. And, and again, master of segues, you, you led perfectly into that. And I don't even think you knew it because I, I, don't. I don't believe you're looking at my notes. I don't believe you're looking at my notes anymore. <laughs> I don't think we've talked about it before. I don't think I'm not a method podcaster. Okay. <laughs> but the, the money was the next point here. We've had a debate. Even in our Discord, and again, listeners, if you have not yet joined our Discord, what the hell is wrong with you? I don't know why you're not there yet. Come and join the Discord. You get uh, experienced insight from people like Chris Burkhart. You get lots of other fans get involved. You have several other podcasts all talking, all sharing opinions on here without the toxicity of Twitter, without all the other things you do with another social media. Come and join the Discord. It's a wonderful time. We've been talking about the money on there today, Chris. You and Rocky, uh, shout out to Rocky Classic, we'll get into it about how much exactly this could save the team if, if, if from from the perspective of jody allen and burt cold what was this really worth to cut off the broadcast uh teams from the road why what would be the value of this rocky was putting out there that five or six hundred thousand like half a million essentially was the range of what um the team would be saving of what the team would be saving from this your perspective says it would be a little bit more is that correct oh of course it's more of course it's more because again, just back to what I said earlier, people all people look at this as just just the bodies on the road, but there's the equipment and the the trucks you have to rent, the freelancers, the extra cost because you've just added how many people to to catering, the extra cost because now you have how many like okay, you're not sharing rooms, so if you have a 10 person broadcast crew, that's 10 more rooms that you have to rent out in your hotel, and these guys aren't staying at Motel Six, y'all. Like they're staying in nice <laughs> hotels that aren't cheap. So if you're staying at a hotel that's running $300 a night and you just had two people, like that's, that's what, $3,000 and you got to do that 40 times, that adds up, right? That's another, what, over 100, another 120,000, right? So, so but, it's like, so, so what's the number you put on it? Like, like total, like if, if total, if it's I'm, the I already said it total, there's total amount of money you're saving on an entire year to send your full broadcast team is probably about one and a half upwards of $2 million. Upwards of it, two. It, but, but even like, like in NBA terms, let's even say that's $3 million. That's not deal changing money, right? Like we're talking about minimum contract. It ab- it, it, absolutely. It shouldn't be. Absolutely. The thing is, when you're getting ready to sell your team, a million cut here and a million cut there and a million cut over there, that all adds up to a lot of millions of dollars that makes the venture more profitable when you sell it, right? So that's why you're making cost-cutting moves. These are things we've already talked about in a multitude of ways that the things that she's doing to cut costs. Um, So it makes sense in that aspect. If you're going to try to sell the team in the next few years, how can I cut costs to make that sell even more profitable at the end of the day? So that one makes sense. But again, it's also that classic, right? In a a good business, you got to spend money to make money, right? Uh, You should not not skimp on the one thing that makes your business its business, and that is the broadcast of the game. And here's the thing. The Blazers make all their all their ad revenue is from those games. The Blazers own those broadcasts, right? 
So since since the Blazers own the broadcast, it's not owned by Root. It's not owned by NBC when NBC did it. NBC literally just paid them, and so did Root, paid them a fee to have the right to put what they were already making on their right. network. So the Blazers own that broadcast. So when you see a Papa, Papa Murphy's ad read, you know, uh, in the middle of the game, it's that isn't a pop. That isn't a Papa Murphy's ad read that sends ad revenue to Root Sports. That's a, a Papa right. Murphy's ad read that sends revenue to the Portland Trailblazers. So why would you want to skimp on your main advertising vehicle and have advertisers look at you cutting corners on the quality of your broadcast? When they then, then turn around and ask them to spend money to be on that broadcast, like that that's just a great doesn't. Point too. That does not make yeah. sense to me. Yeah, and, and that's even in addition to the fan thing we've been talking about the the perspective of like how it, it this does not help fan engagement. It's going to gut the fan ex, the, the the fan experience is so much through the broadcast. And if you take away what you've mentioned, Chris, Kevin and Lamar's ability, uh, and uh, as well as Travis's ability to have the actual like you know uh, the, the game by game specifics the details it's people are just not going to engage it's it's going to drop off it's hard to imagine that it wouldn't and so it's it seems such a such a weird move to make for only a few million dollars i get what you're saying where if you're positioning to sell your every, the few millions add up and i think if you're a blazer fan the reason this 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 sucked to hear was the fact that you've you've already skimped on production around these games the pre and with post the, game and all the rest. With, yeah. with the move to root and not having yep. your, your, no longer having your true pregame, no longer having your post game, no longer having any unique uh, material around the team, whether that be a, a TV show or even website articles that you're writing. Like you've already skimped around that. So now you're going to just skimp around like the one thing you did have, you were going to put out a B plus product instead of an A plus product. Like, it probably wasn't going to be a B plus product because you just can't do the job remotely in this aspect as well as you can in there. And I've never, ever, 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 ever heard in my life a single color commentary, play by play guy, radio play by play, or sideline reporter who has said, "Oh, I would so much love to be able to do my job remotely." <laughs> okay, so let's let's discuss that part again. Mr. Master of Segways is bringing us perfectly to the next segment. If you're not looking at the notes, I am impressed. I'll just say that. I'm not. Hankins mentioned the COVID lessons, the things that they learned during the COVID broadcasting season where this was all done remotely. And he was saying this in a way that these COVID lessons were going to essentially lead towards a more state-of-the-art broadcast, a broadcast taking advantage of, of having maybe someone in studio to give up-to-date analytics and someone to kind of maybe run to the screen and, and do you know better work for that than we've seen in the past. My question to you would be, what are the COVID lessons he's talking about? What 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 factors show remote work to be so valuable? Uh, I don't think it shows remote work uh, to be valuable. Um, and I don't even necessarily, I, th I think that might just be, you know, PR speak, honestly. Um, but this idea of bringing in some bells and whistles to the broadcast is a good idea because... Uh, I think if you really pay attention and you watch some other broadcasts of other teams around the NBA, the Blazers broadcast is dated as hell. It's it's a it's mm. a date the, the 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 graphics the the look the camera everything is dated on that broadcast. So bringing in okay. a more of a of a modern look to that, 
um, I think would be a good thing. And if you can find ways, I, I know he referenced the Mondo pad, and that's a great thing. Like, I want to see more of that. I actually loved back when uh, we had Talking Ball and Rip City Live and an actual, you know, show. Like, I loved watching uh, the postgame show, right, where where Michael Holton hey! would, would walk over. Get up on the board. Uh, yeah. And Orlando Williams, hey! right, would walk over to the board and, and you know, do the finger to make the marks and sh- and like break down a play for you. Like those are things I think fans love. Fans so love. much, man. Fans like, need and, and, that stuff. It's lacking. and again now you don't you don't get that. Like you you don't even get it on the broadcast. So so if you could Keith, put it put that in there, and maybe like and Holton would be a great person just because you know he has that brain. I think it'd be great. Maybe you could go get a, a former Blazer to come in and be that guy. As much as I always say, I there hate, you go. Uh, I hate former players who come in and get broadcast jobs. Well, breaking down the play left to right is not a broadcast job. That's a player's job. So can you get like uh, can you get a Brandon Roy to come in? Can you get a, oh. a, a yeah? Could you get a, Steve Blake would probably be really good at that. A guy oh my who's god, been, yeah. Been here before, like oh now okay. Who's run the know, plays? Who's like, hey, like yeah. running off? offense yeah he, he'd be like you come back in, you, can you imagine you come back in from a timeout break and you still have 30 seconds left on the clock before the game the game restarts you're like all right welcome back in let's head to steve blake at the like and that's one that makes sense to do remotely you don't gotta send that guy on the road all right but let's <laughs> yeah, head back he's got his experience the, he doesn't need to be right, in the arena let's head to the mondo pad and steve blake's gonna break down that last three-pointer you got from dane and now he shows the play and he shows how the pick that nurk set was what that'd be up. awesome it'd be, that'd be fantastic but okay, okay, uh, okay. So I, I could see that. Like yeah. your, your point being, like he, he's just what well, maybe what Hankins' message was that he's seen some of our outdated practices here on our specific broadcast, saying that we could update those. Maybe not as much the idea that he's decided that oh, we saw remote work was valuable, and we're just not going to send these guys on the road, and then we're going to get the same practice. There, there, there is there is zero zero chance because there's zero argument <laughs> to be made that having your play-by-play guy not in the arena is um, will, will give you a better product. That's just yeah. asinine. Yep. All right, final question for, on this one, and then we'll move on. Would this have happened if not for Dwight James? Because Dwight was the one that kind of broke this news on Rip City Radio. He's the new co-host on there with Chad Doing. Dwight and Chad, our our former co-workers, our, our friends, even more so yours than mine, but I, I would like to think that both those dudes would uh, think of me fondly if they remembered who Keith was. Uh, when asked about it, but <laughs> Dwight, Dwight broke this down on their show, on on the radio show, and kind of brought a lot of light to this. And pretty much every day since he mentioned it last th- Thursday, I think like we were saying, it's been snowballing. It's been growing and kind of building momentum. I think on on right. fans' uh, minds uh, on on social media to the point that, like we mentioned earlier, President of Basketball Operations had to come on or Business Operations, excuse me. I'm going to get that title wrong as many times as possible. Uh, <laughs> Dwayne Hankins, president of business operations, had to come on to the show and kind of, you know, uh, announce their correcting course. So how much of this gets done if Dwight James doesn't bring it up? Uh, Dwight and Chad have to get a ton of credit here uh, because yeah. there's sources that I have that this decision has was not made the day Dwight broke it. Like the decision to not send the team was not a decision that was made Thursday and then Dwight let the world know. Like I I I I have on good authority that this decision has been weeks in the making. Or not in the making, was made weeks ago, if not months ago. Um and the team may have just been willing to sit on their hands and, and let this get out there until the season started. But uh I think Dwight breaking it um definitely helped put a little bit of pressure on him. 
Um, but I think if the team didn't let it get out and produce it this whole way, and perhaps people found out by watching the broadcast, I think you might have got the same kind of fire. The 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 fans really did not like this. I mean, dude, when when uh, Kelly Okun and Katie Lang and Ian Carmel are tweeting at you, uh, and it isn't about their love for for you because uh, they're huge Blazer fans, it's for their uh, being upset at your decision. Uh, I think you might back off when it's some of your. I mean, that's <laughs> three super high profile fans right there. So. Um, right from our uh, market yeah yeah i love dwight but i can't give him all the credit um but he deserves a lot of it he definitely deserves a lot of it and this is honestly i think this is a this is a um a key key argument into why you need to invest in your reporters and you need to invest in your local media and you need to invest in your sources. We've had this conversation. We did it on the what podcast a couple of weeks ago about how with the folding of NBC and this and that you've lost over half of your reporters in the local market actually doing their job. I mean, Dwight gets this info and he has a radio show now, luckily, but he's like, he's not doing it as a reporter reporter. He just happened to have the info. Um, and that's what I mean. That's why you have to invest in this. People get pissed out, pissed off about media and blah blah blah. But no, there's a huge spot for it because when you get your your information, you get well sourced. You break news like this, and then you affect change at the end of the day that makes everybody happy. Um, exactly. So exactly. no, I, I love it. I love what Dwight did. I love what what Chad did with their vehicle. And to be honest, I love what dwayne hankins did by by having the fortitude to go on that show and answer those questions that wasn't a pre-taped segment it was live he didn't know the questions that were going to be asked he could have been grilled right, pretty hard right. and to be fr- be frank i don't really think that dwight or uh, dwight or chad definitely like let him off easy like they asked i mean hell dude dwight asked him point point blank if the team was going to be sold or not if there's any more information there uh and i thought dwayne handled that very very professionally um yeah and, but yeah, yeah. it is crazy man because i don't know what happens if that news i mean it's like anything right but if that news doesn't break how long do they sit on that information and just let it be right and that's what i'm really kind of fixated on i think for this uh because look we like you mentioned we've talked about kind of some of the changes in journalism uh recently over the season uh even you know jason quick if jason quick uh if his scenario was different and he was still on the beat maybe he's another (laughs) outlet for this maybe maybe maybe, I'm, I'm, i'm Bro, if, oh, if J- what was that no, what I'm saying? No, I mean, are you kidding oh, okay. me? Like, if Jason's still on the beat, like this is getting found out left and right. Jason's that's what I'm Jason's, saying. Jason's like, goaded. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Especially when you're saying this was possibly around uh, weeks or months ago. Jason would have been one of those voices, one of those outlets that really puts this out there. And in the same sense, Dwight James was only recently made the co-host of Rip City Radio with Chad. Right. If Dwight doesn't get made co-host. Maybe Chad covers this. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't quite have the same connections or maybe doesn't have kind of the same perspective yeah. or pressure or whatever, or any other number of reasons that it doesn't get brought to light. And what you said, Chris, by bringing this up, Dwight affected change. Uh, and I think that's the most important thing here. Fans in Rip City like to fashion ourselves as being more in touch, more in tune with yeah. the game and some of the things around the game, and, or at the very least, like with our team and, and how we want our team to be to be run or shaped what dwight did i think is a critical part of that good on him i think what, what i think is really interesting during what happened in that conversation i think you got to pay attention a little bit to what uh um dwayne said there that he's worked in plenty of markets before and he's worked in markets that 
a decision like this about the broadcast team wouldn't move the needle <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in that. Portland, it created a firestorm. Built different, baby. We're different <laughs> that, here. That says so, that says something about uh, yeah the fan base. That is absolutely for sure. So yeah, love to see Take it. it. Uh, love to see it. Second thing we want to bring up today little more broad uh it's it's somewhat adjacent to the team traveling with uh or the broadcast team traveling with the team on road games the schedule release itself we have the blazers schedule uh official for the 22 23 season there are some weird blocks in here chris there are some weird little back-to-backs and uh uh up and down situations but i assume we each have the calendar in front of us at this point let me ask you, what is your least favorite part of the upcoming season for the Blazers? Uh, that I'm not on the road with them? That's my least favorite part. <laughs> of the games themselves, of, of the order of games and, and the sequence of such. I, I mean, like, we're, we're going to this the, the, the first month of basketball. You, you got two weeks in October here, warm up against the Kings on the road. Uh, then we're facing Phoenix, Denver, Miami, all at home uh, in the first two weeks of the season. Then in November... A back-to-back in Phoenix. So we face Phoenix three times, all three games against Phoenix, uh, in the first essential three weeks of basketball. It, that that seems like it's kind of not maybe not bad. Maybe Phoenix isn't in shape yet. Maybe Blazers really come out firing. But man, that's a odd odd way to balance things, I guess. Yeah, no, it doesn't really stand out to me. Um, it's just par for the course, really. I think what I do like, I, I do like the NBA's initiative here to to get more of these. Um, two nights in one city. So even though that back to back, that back to back against Phoenix, it's tough mm. because of the uh, uh, it's the opponent, but it's easier because it's not like a back to back Denver and Phoenix where you're going right you're, you're, right. you're playing at altitude and then having to come down to Phoenix and then play Phoenix the very next night. Like you get those those very multiple those multiple nights in one city, um, especially when you look at like you have a six game road trip. Uh, in December, that's San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, OKC, OKC, and Denver. And there's a game. There's so you face OKC twice, but there's a day off in between. So you're they're gonna right. be they're gonna go to they're probably gonna they're gonna play Houston. They're gonna travel to OKC, OKC the next morning, have the rest of the day off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they'll have a shootaround stuff, but again, no game or anything. Then play, then have a day off in between, then play. Like so that's nice a nice and casual pace. So it's like, much so it's better. like a, it's a six game road trip, but you've turned that six game road trip into a much more like there you manageable yeah. road trip. So I actually, I actually like that. Um, that's a good point. That road trip he, uh, a lot. No, that, yeah. And, and again, especially on, I think what we have two six game road trips uh, uh, this season. Is that right? Yeah. One in November. Uh, and then that one in December. And that is, those are our two longest road trips of the season. We have a five game in March, uh, a four game to end the season in April right before playing Golden State here at home. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's a good way to look at it. it. Cutting down the travel does certainly make it easier, especially considering the Blazers have, once again, uh, I think we're second or third uh, most miles traveled or, or across the regular yeah, season I this year. so this year, yep. Which is pretty consistent, uh, season after yeah. season for the team, just being up here in the northwest and away from the rest. Yeah. So no, I actually, actually, nothing that nothing that does stand out. I like, I like the way, uh, the schedule plays out. Um, I think the back to backs are manageable. That Phoenix one is, 
is is a tough one i mean that that first road trip is definitely a tough one because i mean even though that phoenix one does bear well for them just the way it's set up two in one city having two back-to-backs on that road trip uh is pretty tough i think anytime you get those so again uh, that one's that one's tough what so that's in november uh early november we got phoenix and phoenix then miami and then charlotte and pelican uh, charlotte new orleans back-to-back and then any with dallas so that that's Certainly a tough one, and yeah, the, the yeah. two back-to-backs, Phoenix, Phoenix, then Charlotte, New Orleans. But like you said, by having the first back-to-back there, staying in Phoenix, certainly lessens the uh, the yeah. intensity maybe of, for, for the team as far as having to travel in between and being able to kind of having to yeah. adjust to a new system. Yeah, and I look at a lot of these road trips too, and I think travel-wise, um, they're pretty manageable. Like I said, that that six game we already talked about. I mean, you're, it's it's a texas two-step right i mean san antonio mm-hmm. dallas houston okc yep. and then you hit you hit denver on the way home come home like that's a very manageable six-game trip um kind of went although online. hitting denver hitting denver is the sixth game on a trip right before christmas eve seems like kind of a you just mark that one in the, maybe the wrong column right off the bat unless we see a lot of that, that, that's an uphill battle would you disagree with that no I, I like that road trip and even if you play them right before christmas eve i mean it, it's fine it's it, not having a game on Christmas Eve, not having a game on Christmas, I absolutely love. Then you have a home game against Charlotte and then three days off. Like, I, I like how that one, mm. you, you get a little bit of okay. a break for, for having to feel it. So, no, that one that one uh, doesn't bother me at all because I like that. There's not a lot of up and down nonsense and traveling uh, all over. Time zone changing, you know? like it, it, Yeah. There was one a couple years ago. God, I can't remember it. I can't remember the exact way the trip worked, but, I mean... Uh, going from Miami to Toronto, where it was like 80 degrees in oh Miami, and then it was and then it was like 15 degrees in Toronto, and then like it was like Miami to Toronto, but then like back down to Washington, and then up to Boston. Like it was just you were just up and That's down insane. and all around. Like I said, I look at I look at like I said that one I just look at I'm like sweet. You're flying to Texas. You're basically staying in Texas. And then Oklahoma on the way out, Denver back home. Like it's just that's a, that's an easy, manageable travel trip right there. So. And then, like um, you said as well, we've then got a home game after Christmas, and then a long break before our next road game. So it's 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 certainly much more uh, uh, gradual, I think, yeah. than maybe some schedules have been used to in the past. And yes. again, you that also was one have of our, one of our two longest road trips of the season. Yeah, you also have that four game road trip in November that. Uh, gives you the knicks and the nets like that's a good that's a great one how many times are the knicks and the nets on the same road trip for the blazers <laughs> like yeah and, and so that that eliminates a super super long trip like a second long trip all the way over to new york so um yeah it's a it's a i think i think the schedule plays out well for them there's nothing that sticks out i like it well I, honestly that would be good news for the blazers because what we've always seen in the past is uh certain trends as far as maybe a dip in the november and december schedule which again is probably you know somewhat expected and often blazers have this big run-up towards the end of the season the the i think march 13 game win streak we had a couple years ago with dame that uh, i think seth brought up last week on the pod here shout out to seth but you know if we get a little bit of an easier schedule a little easier travel maybe that starts to tilt things more in the favor for the blazers so you know let's you know we talked about win totals last week i'm just gonna keep hitting that over keep smashing that over let's go above 45 yeah. at this point all right, all right how positive can you get are you yeah i think you said your line is at 42 42 is Before my you... line 42 is 42 my line. Okay. i think 45 okay, okay. would be a pretty good success um i like what? and then it, yeah and what no go ahead go ahead no i just real quick too looking at the schedule one more time keith too i think something that sticks out and i think it's a really good thing um they have one quick home and away there um that is uh at utah and then home against indiana 
but you look at their long road trips, whether it's a three game, four game, five game, six game, it, it's not a four game road trip that ends on a back to back where you play on the road mm. and have to fly all the way back home and then play at home. That only happens mm. one time on the schedule, and it's that last four game road trip and then playing Golden State to end the year. Um, but even that, that road trip is you're coming up from LA and then so right, it's like it, right. it, it, it balances out. How many times have you seen? Blazers have a four-game road trip. Uh, their last game is of that road trip is in Memphis, and then they have a right, home game exactly. the very next day. So you have the three-hour flight or whatever that is, uh, the time zone change, and then have to play the, the very change. next night when you get home. So, yeah, I actually think this schedule is very favorable. The, the time zone change is a huge factor. And, yeah, like what you're saying, at the end of the season, though, we've got in LA against the Clippers, at home against the Warriors. Earlier in the season two, where is it? Uh, oh, here we go. We got at home against the Clippers, and then in LA against the Lakers the next day. That's not nearly as bad as it could be on so many other home road back to backs like that. So, it, oh, those yeah, are some of the easiest tra- easiest travel ones. Even the Utah Indiana one, like you have the deal with yeah, the yeah, elevation, yeah. Uh, the, uh, elevation have, having to play in Utah, but Utah is your second closest opponent. Travel time wise, right? Uh, your yeah, closest you is go. Sacramento. Your second closest, I guess, I guess you have Sacramento, Golden State, and then Utah. So I guess what third? Uh, but anyway, so so it's not like it's a long road trip to get from Salt Lake City to Portland right. or well, uh, right. uh, airplane trip. So again, it, it, it bears out for you. So I, I still think that yeah, that forty two wins is where I have them. I definitely have them higher than the thirty five that some people put them at. <laughs> but yeah, Fucking I think it's ESPN. good. I think I think it's a pretty good schedule myself. <laughs> All right, speaking of dumb ESPN takes, uh, let's dive into that uh, just for a moment. I don't even want to go too far on this, man, because Skip Bayless is a moron. I, I, I think it was Skip Bayless that originated all this stuff. There was some talk the other no, day No, it was, about... it was Jason Tatum and what's her name? Jason Tatum and, uh, oh, Taylor... Uh, Taylor Rooks? Taylor Rooks, yeah. Yes, that was that was a them thing. I'm pretty sure there was not a Bayless thing. Bayless retweeted it or said something about it to talk about it, but they they talked about it on their podcast. Is Kyrie Irving a superstar? Yes, Kyrie is. So, okay. I, Do you I, want me to I, say I, what I think about you? I agree. Okay. But then is... Damian Lillard, a superstar? I think that Damian has all of the superstar qualities, but it's hard to put him in it in this moment because of he just like needs a little more. But obviously, like he has that in him. Needs a little more. I mean, he's gotta win. He's gotta get there. Like that it to me, that's a that's some of it. So you so like, champion, I think- championships matter. <laughs> dumb oh my god such a dumb take wow that makes it so much worse for me now that i've actually heard the original <laughs> okay so and, and again this is just how dumb all this stuff is because my understanding so far had just been this is mostly about someone brought up Kyrie versus dame who's a superstar how do we define superstar what uh you know what does it really mean to be one is it only about success and rings and the rest that's just a dumb take man uh, how, how do you define superstar I think superstar is undefinable um, because there's so many variables that go into it. And it's like, I think it's like when you're scouting a player or something and you just say a player has it. What is it? What you is d- the it factor? It isn't definable, but you know it when you see it, right? And I think that's what superstar is. A superstar, you, you know a superstar when you see one. 
And it's like I said during Love Hugs and Hate Mail, like you, uh, you can debate who is the better player. Is it Kyrie or is it Dame? Is it Dame or is it is it Steph? Is it Dame or is it Jason Tame? Like you can have those debates of who's a better player and what system you'd want to build around, blah blah blah. But you can't debate that Damian Lillard's not great. You can't debate that Kyrie Irving's not great, to be completely honest. You can't debate that Steph's not great. You can't debate that Jason Tatum's not great. Those two, those guys are superstars. They're superstars, regardless. Right? Right. And so what I think's asinine here is you sit here and you oh, he doesn't have a ring. Uh, Allen Iverson doesn't have a ring. Right. And I and and, and Allen Iverson is single-handedly responsible for the modern day NBA superstar. Okay. Completely. Yeah. And you can't don't 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 come at me with your stand takes and be like, oh, you're not talking about Kobe Bryant. I'm not that's different. Kobe Bryant is 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 different. Uh, Kobe Bryant is an all-time great. Absolutely. I think most people would put him higher than Allen Iverson on the greatness list when they really want to debate greatness. However, the 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 pop and circumstance, the aura around a player. Allen Iverson helped create the modern superstar. He took what basically the ba- the first the, the first guy that was a true world revolve around you superstar was probably Michael Jordan. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then Allen Iverson took that and took it to a whole new level because everything about Michael Jordan was on the court, right? Yeah. Outside of the the shoe deal, and then he started to do the movies, but it was the the mystique of Michael Jordan was the goat on the NBA basketball. Allen Iverson changed the culture. The the, the exactly, arm sleeves, exactly. the tat, the tattoos, the being more true to yourself. Like not, I mean, come on. They made the dumbass rule for a while that like the, they had to be in suits and dressed up because they didn't like the you know the quote thug look, that, which is just failed yeah, racism, yeah, oh right? My God. Uh, yeah, that he completely. that he was putting off. No, no, but people loved it. I remember as a kid playing NBA 2K on my Dreamcast, and the first thing I did was give my created player a shooter sleeve and tattoos. And it was because yeah. of Alan, Alan freaking Iverson. Alan the bag Iverson. The your shorts, the bag your exactly. jersey. The whole is a cultural change. The, and, and so, and so. Making and, this acceptable. And, yeah. And so he created the modern NBA superstar. And then everyone else took that. Like superstar has so much to it. It's not just what you do on the court. Um, but the thing is with saying Dame is not a superstar, it's crazy. Because here's the thing. At well, any be, be, point before you, before before you grab the Dame, like, can, let me just cut you off for okay. a second. I want, I want to get you back get back to Dame. Just I. Just like what you're saying about the Michael Jordan stuff, in the same way that Allen Iverson was the modern superstar, before Jordan, I think there was much less of the player focus, right? He's the one that really turned the market towards saying, this, like, you focus on the dude, on the player itself, and it's going to sell shoes. So that's what really defined the superstar at the time. Then you have people like right. Iverson that brought along the cultural shift. I, I think that's maybe... If we're going to define superstar, because again, like you said, the issue here is that you can't really define what a superstar is. Same, same problem we have when defining, oh, who should and shouldn't be an all-star. Uh, yeah. MVP, there's not the clear definition for it. The the off-court kind of cultural shift affecting a cultural change in the game or, or in, in yes. the perception of the game, that's got to be a factor. It has to be a factor. It's what makes you a superstar. I think when your name, when your name is known around the world and in any basketball household that's when you're a superstar Mm. so if i say dame people know who i'm talking about but dame is different Kyrie's different those guys are superstars and said you could like i said earlier you could have multiple of them it's like oh you're only allowed to have you're only allowed to have 10 superstars and no you can have a lot and there are a lot especially in a league like this that's so player driven um but i think the the, which is is interesting because it's interesting to think that like 
you, you're going to have a limited number of all-stars, right? But yeah, superstar, it being less defined almost in all-star, you, would you, would you agree? You probably, you could have, let's say 30 superstars in the game, despite only having what, uh, or no, I mean, you could have 50 superstars in the game, despite having less all-stars than that, right? Like, absolutely. Because how many, how, how many times have you debated uh, or seen who got cut? Or who right. who didn't make the All Star game? Fringe All Stars, yeah. I mean, yeah, dude, yeah. you talk. Obviously, Dame is a superstar. He, he made the All NBA seventy five team, seventy five greatest players of all time, arguable. But he made it. You know who didn't make the but team? But he's a fringe All Star. Yeah, you know who didn't make the team? Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is a bona fide superstar. Maybe not the, the Dwight Howard you oh, know now, but during his too. during his prime yeah. run, he was a he was a superstar. And I brought this po this point up on our Discord, but. Would anybody argue that Carmelo Anthony is not a superstar? Was Carmelo no, Anthony a superstar? Of course he is. Of course he is. Damian Lillard's resume stands up to, to, to Carmelo Anthony's. Carmelo Anthony doesn't have an all NBA first team selection. Damian Lillard does. Mm. Carmelo Anthony only finished top 10 in the MVP vote shares twice in his career. Dame's already done it five times. Huh. Carmelo yeah. Anthony yeah. was a 10 time all star. Dame is a six time all star. That can continue to go up. Dame's yep. scoring numbers are going to go up, and because of the propensity of the three-point shot in his game, might even be able to pass Carmelo when it's all said and done. Ooh. Like when you when you look at, when but you he's look a Hall of the, Fame scorer, is your point? Yeah, Carmelo. he's and, and Carmelo should be a Hall of Famer. That was another question yeah, you put yeah, on, he on Discord. Be. Should he be a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. He's top. He is top ten all time in NBA scoring. He's a Hall. Wait, again, a hall like, he, he's had a Hall of Fame career. We're talking about other things outside the basketball uh, uh, scoring and offensive numbers as well. Carmelo Anthony has affected the culture of basketball, right? In in, in other ways as well, right? Like he has off the court influence, so yeah, he's a superstar without a doubt. But that's uh, why I say this argument is so weird to me, Keith, because it is because, yeah. like pound for pound, like like Dame, like Dame is is right on par with Carmelo Anthony, and like I said, his resume in certain spots on his resume is better than Carmelo Anthony's already. But if anybody ever said to you that Carmelo Anthony is not a superstar, even at his, even right now, even right insane. now, the, you the, look the at his last, you look at the, you look at the years he played with the Blazers. He's a shell of his former self. Uh, the media circus around that guy that I saw in visiting locker rooms, the, 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 the way the fans are, he's still, he still has superstar power. Oh, but yeah. if anyone ever said Carmelo Anthony wasn't a superstar, you'd be laughed out of the room, right? Yeah. People would shame you out of the place. But yeah, then a guy who has a resume that stacks up to that isn't a superstar. A guy who's had his because jersey he hasn't won rings and yeah, yeah. The guy who's had his rings exactly, but the guy who's had his jersey on display front and center in the NBA store in Times Square isn't a superstar. The guy who is is right up there with James Harden <laughs> as the face of the Adidas shoe brand in the NBA isn't a superstar. Right. right. The guy the guy who has gone out there and made a name for himself as a rapper as well uh, and has that following isn't a, isn't a superstar. Most expensive extension contract in the history of the NBA right. so far. A guy right? who's going to go get paid $60 million in the last year of his contract as it stands right now isn't a superstar? Yeah. Come on. I don't think there's a... I, you're not, I mean, like I said, that's that's why the superstar argument is weird. It but is. Because I feel like you it can is. have... Like, having the argument... Like, having the argument of a player being a superstar is cool, but then to randomly have to throw in other players and diminish their greatness to try to va validate your argument. If that's your, right. that means that your argument is weak to begin with. Um, and, and, and B it shouldn't be weak because you shouldn't have a hard time arguing that Kyrie is a superstar. Kyrie is 
Kyrie is polarizing because of the person he is. Um, obviously, uh, vaccine has played into that, but even prior to that, he's he's just he's just a different cat, right? He acts yeah. different than, than, than I think you and I would people picked on him for the incense burning thing and this and that. And he's a flat earther. Like he's, he's different. He doesn't vibe with a lot of people, but it wasn't dude, about the incense, on, about uh, appropriating the culture, but yeah, go ahead. But on the, but on the, on the court, <laughs> he's a stud. He's one of the best point guards of our time. Yeah. So he, he should, he should absolutely be a superstar. He's, he's in that category. But again, this idea that I just hate when the rings are brought up because again, was Patrick Ewing a superstar, Keith? Patrick Ewing is definitely a superstar. He was, I, was I mean, Reggie, I would, I would yeah. was so. Reggie Miller a superstar? Reggie Miller is definitely a superstar. Was Steve Nash a superstar? These are all household NBA Was names. Charles like, Barkley the, a superstar? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what all those guys have in common? Their ring fingers are empty. <laughs> yeah. So the ring argument is what a is dumb void. argument. It doesn't matter. It does yeah. not matter. Uh, the percentage really of the the percentage of players who have played in the NBA that actually have a ring to show for it is pretty low. Um, it's a hard thing to do. That should not be your argument. And secondarily, that's like say, okay, so so Robert Ori is a superstar because he has what six <laughs> six rings? <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, without a doubt. Oh yeah. He's, Robert he's or- up there. Robert Ori. Robert Ori won on teams with Hakeem Olajuwon and Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Just like Kyrie Irving won a ring on a team with LeBron fucking James in his prime. So uh, it, the, the ring argument is is just asinine. And again, the, the cultural thing matters. And I'm just going to go back to the it factor. Uh, I don't think you say you say that there's you know the, how you affect the culture and there's outside things. And, and, and I agree with you. But at the same time, like the, how someone affects the culture can't necessarily be quantified because right. how like Kyrie does not impact you, Keith. You gravitate to to a Damian Lillard type, and you would argue on this hill all day long about how Dame is the goat because of how he reacts to and connects with the fan base, and because because he has a special connection with you, right? And that and to you culturally, he has had more impact probably than any Blazer you've watched. But there are a lot of players out there who Kyrie is that guy for them. You might not of, get it. A lot it. of fans who look to Kyrie. Exactly. Like you might not yeah. understand it because Kyrie doesn't jive with you. But for a lot of people, they look at Kyrie yeah. and they go, oh, what that guy has done for basketball culture is crazy. I mean, hello, like Uncle Drew. Like, come on. Like, right. Like, <laughs> like, uh, and so, again, but it's just so, so it's hard to quantify that because it's different to different people. So to me, no, if, I, you're, I, I if you're a superstar, that. if you're a superstar, you have it. You have it. And it is not quantifiable. And and like you said earlier, that's the big thing. It's okay to love uh, to to label Dame as a superstar, Kyrie as a superstar, Jason Tatum, and many many others as superstars. You don't need to tear others down to do it. That, that's you know again without seeing the whole clip of Tatum and Taylor Rooks going back and forth there. I'm not sure who to blame, but yeah. whoever is saying it's about rings, man, shame on you. That's a yeah, it's dumb like, argument. It's like if Damian Lillard actually did request a trade, or the Blazers put him on the trade block, 29 teams would be calling to get the services of Damian Lillard. Right, right. That's superstar value. 100. You're 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 a superstar. Like I said, when your name is known, when your name is known in uh, uh, NBA houses and just sports houses in general around the globe, you're a superstar. When you have been cast in the Space Jam movie, you're a superstar. <laughs> like it's just, it's just. <laughs> put put it this way: 
You, you, you know for a fact there's no debating. I say it's not quantifiable, but there is one thing for sure that knows you've reached superstar status. And that is whether or not every hour on the hour on ESPN, they're floating ways to say that you need to either play for the Lakers or the Knicks. You need to either be a New York uh, or right. Los Angeles. Yeah, they want you in one when of the big are, markets. When you are in the conversation that your 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 uh, career is tainted because you aren't in a big market and you need to be in either New York or L.A., there's no turning back. You have reached full-on superstar <laughs> status, and there's no debating You have it. arrived at that point, like, yeah. There is no 100%. debating it at that point. All right, two more questions on this superstar thing real quick. Then I want to get to the listener question. We're out of here. First one, just more of a general theoretical. In the same way that we're talking about with Dame, if, you know, teams wanting him elsewhere, like teams wanting him to move out of Portland, that, that kind of assigns like, yeah, dude, he's wanted. He is a superstar in that sense. If Kyrie... I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what we said we don't need to do here. I'm going to tear down someone else to try and uh, assert my own superstar <laughs> for a second. But if Kyrie got traded maybe in the throes of LeBron coming to Cleveland, like or even before that, if Kyrie got moved out of Cleveland before LeBron came there to kind of help the, help the franchise win championships, Kyrie got moved out of Cleveland, uh, and then he, you know, uh, like angered his way out of Boston like he did, uh, and now he is, you know, causing drama with the Nets. If, if his whole career has gone the way it has gone, where he's a good ball handler, he's a good scorer, he's valuable on the court, but he's kind of weird off the court, and he didn't have any rings to go with it, do you think this conversation is even happening? Probably not. He's not considered a superstar at that point. That's so dumb. Because again, like after all this talk, we're going back to, the, back to basically saying, if he didn't have rings, he's not in this conversation. And it shouldn't So be. rings suddenly matter? It's weird, ain't it? It's weird. Think, it's very it's, weird. I just go back to what I say, Keith, is multiple players can be superstars and be great. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. 100%. Weird conversation. Okay. Last bit of this. If we were going to try and wrangle all this in, define it more clearly, uh, one of our guys on Discord, uh, shoot some oops, hey! mentioned the off-court character thing, mentioned kind of the, the, what, what defines these guys is when they're, uh, like you said, a household name, a national presence beyond just what they do on the basketball court. Our other guy, Sheriff, hey! mentioned national TV campaigns, saying if you had a national ad campaign of any sort, you have transcended basketball, and that makes you a superstar. Anything like that do it for you? Like Any of those? Like If, if there was a very simple, basic metric for saying superstar or no? I kind of like the ad campaign one. No, I think I said it. I think my, the metric is if you've been rumored to be on the, the radar for the... Uh, the Knicks or oh, the for the Knicks and Lakers. <laughs> yeah, that's so. So the, so the <laughs> fact that the, yeah, so the fact that the Knicks have been rumored uh, to get Donovan Mitchell, and there's been much of rumors about how he needs to go there. That means Donovan Mitchell's a superstar. Donovan also, Mitchell, spider's a superstar. I also think, and super I'm, I'm going to show some flaw on this logic, but I also think if you're known more by your nickname than your real name, you're a superstar. People don't oh, say Damian Lillard okay. as much as they say Dame. You're a superstar. Dame. But okay, by my, Dame but Donald. by my own logic. Sas Castillo is a superstar, baby, and you know what? Sas Castillo, man. You know what? I, just, I, can, I can stick by that. He's a, he's an absolute superstar. Well, let's get to the listener question. We got three. I think we have three listener questions here coming up. If I can drag down to this real quick. Boop, 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 boop. Time warp. All right. First question coming from Rocky Classic, our guy Rocky on Discord. And again, listeners, if you have not yet joined the Discord, that's how you ask questions for the pod. You can come and guess in the group chats. You get on all the shenanigans. We, we're basically talking Blazers or Blazers adjacent things or non-Blazers stuff pretty much 24-7 on the Discord, right, Chris? Like, like, we're on there late night doing gaming. At least I am. 
when your yeah. ass falls asleep. Yeah, Full disclosure, I didn't on. fall asleep last night. I just didn't want to play with you. <laughs> <laughs> Come and join the Discord uh, and ask questions like Rocky here. Rocky asks, will Hankins reverse the decision on the travel ban for the radio and TV crew? I say yes, but I hear, I, but I want to hear you guys debate this. Well, good news, Rocky. We already did. We debated that earlier. We have talked about uh, whether it would get reversed or not. And we also heard on, on the Rip City Radio today with Dwight and Chad that it did get reversed. So we'll see if that sticks. That's the big thing. Uh, we'll see how much of the crew travels. There's still certainly uh, uh, details left to suss out. But as for now, it has been reversed. So hooray! We can all celebrate that part. Woohoo! Rocky again. Rocky asks, do you think Phil ends up being the buyer in the end? Um, I think it's a good question. I think it's leaning towards that, but I think there's I think once the team's actually for sale, there's gonna be quite a few buyers lined up. And uh through my sourcing, there's been multiple uh groups put together already that have been trying to be in contact with the Blazers long before Phil even put out an offer. Uh and if the team were for sale um at this point actually was on the market i know everyone got mad but it still would have been it still would have been smart for jody allen to decline that offer um the the two years ago the denver broncos were valued at three million dollars and they just sold for 4.68 million dollars so that was a huge huge get over their valuation um or in 50% Granted, on top. Yeah, and yeah. at the time, like, like I think it was honestly just as early as last year, um, the Cowboys were valued as the most valuable franchise in the NFL at four, $4 billion. So the Broncos sold over that, and now the latest uh, uh, numbers I saw came out today have the Bron- or Cowboys valued at $8 billion, which is now the most expensive Damn. sports franchise in American history. So if the sports double what it was are, only a few years ago, right? And if the sports franchises are going up that much, the Broncos got that much over asking. I think realistically, the Blazers are still currently valued at about two billion. Uh, I think realistically, they end up selling closer to two and a half to three. And you think only that much more? Because even that, even like like three three billion would be fifty percent on top, like the Broncos. Yeah, the but Broncos the, sold for a little more than fifty percent on top. No, no, no. I said two years ago. Two years ago, they were valued oh, at, th- oh, at three. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Timing. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a huge jump there because two years ago, they were valued at three. And then heading in, like uh, uh, at this point last year, they, they had jumped a ton. So according to Forbes, they were valued at about 3.8, I think it was, 3.9. And so Before heading into that point, sale, okay, they gotcha, still they gotcha. still got over that four. So they were valued at about four and still sold for 4.6, which is why I think uh, the Blazers going to 2.5 because I think there's they're going to be a, a big jump, especially with new TV deals coming and all that for the league. Mm. Uh, I think two five is definitely a, a, a reasonable price. And I wouldn't be surprised if the bidding war gets that even higher. Um, but at that point, it's how much money does, does Phil Knight have? I got to assume too, if he could, if he was making a $2 billion offer up front, he's going to be able to afford like a $3 billion. Offer I still think Phil, let's put it this way though. I still think Phil is the favorite. I think I would put, okay. I would put, okay. I would put Phil at 55% and the field at 45%. And there's a lot okay. more people in the field than there is on uh, under Phil's camp, but I think Phil is the is the absolute favorite here. I think if the team actually comes up for sale and the fact that he just showed interest in them, I, I don't think there's a number that makes Phil Knight balk. Like mm, okay. I, okay. I I think I think he wants it and if he wants it he's going to get it. I like it. Okay. Uh let's leave that one there. Final question for the day. 
coming from our guy Alex over on the Unbiased Trailblazers podcast. Shout out to Alex. Hey! Shout out to some DVD rounds. Uh, some great streaming that guy's been doing, man. Having lots of fun with different games. I have not partaken in Sea of Thieves like you and the rest, but we played Jackbox the other night. Uh, so, again, friends, if you want to come and join all of us for some fun gaming nights when you're uh, up late and bored, come and join the Discord. Get in touch with all of us. Uh, Alex's question. Is there a realistic possibility that Josh Hart can get the six men of the year? And if so, what does that season look like uh, if it happens? This is an interesting question. Uh, so Josh Hart, we've talked for a while about, was it going to be him or Nas starting at the three for the Blazers? I think the general consensus, general kind of popular opinion has gone that Nas will probably start at the three for the Blazers just for the idea of size and a little bit of versatility, also bringing Josh Hart's playmaking off the bench. Uh, to kind of uh, uh, spread out and also to pair him with, you know, uh, uh, with Penny as Dame gets his first spell. I could see it making sense, but I'm not convinced it's the only way that it happens. So what do you think, Chris? How does it look if Josh Hart is going to line up for a six-man of the year award? Uh, for Josh Hart to win six-man of the year, he has to absolutely play out of his mind. Um, Josh Hart. Like, like last season out of his mind? Like just kind of like, well, what, I mean... what was that point of the game you dropped? Like 42? Uh, yeah, go play, go drop 42 one game. It's not going to win you sixth man of the year. Um, <laughs> he, he had, a, I mean, he did have a good year last year with Portland, and I, he would he would have to replicate those Blazer numbers over the whole entirety of the year. The only unfortunate part is he averaged almost 20 points a game um, for the Blazers, but there was no Dame. There was no CJ taking shots. Uh, there was no Nas. Like, he, he was actually required to kind of be the go-to guy um, outside of Ant, right? So he's basically the number two scorer on the team. If he's if he's sixth man, he's, he's not going to be put in those same situations. He's going to be on the court a lot of times with Dame, with Jeremy Grant, with Ant. Uh, so he's gonna he's not gonna have to shoulder that scoring load and you look at the history of the sixth man award uh, in and of itself I mean Tyler Hero won last year scoring over 20 points per game Jordan Clarkson won the year before that and he was an absolute walking bucket for the Utah Jazz hmm. uh, Montrez Harrell like that year that he won I mean he was it was like, like 13 points seven rebounds or something but he was an absolute monster to go against like he changed right. the game on like he was and to get that from a i mean to get almost double doubles on the night from your backup big like that's huge so that makes sense um for him to win that but then obviously like the lou williams jamal crawford's like these guys are just certified bucket getters everywhere you go and that's just not josh hart's uh absolute strong point so he's gonna have to put he's, together, he's not that firecracker uh, yeah, he's going to no, he's going to have to put just an absolute stellar season together um to win six man. Um that's 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 how I feel uh on that one. Could he could it happen? I mean, there's an argument that that it that it could. Um but again, as Alex asked in the question, what how what would that season look like? It would have to be a full-on replication stat-wise of what he did in his time in Portland last year. And I don't know if that's going to be doable with a full healthy team. It could happen, but like I said, fully, fully, fully healthy roster. You coming off the bench, the way those rotations work, like it's not really going to be in a position to be a one, two, three, or maybe even fourth scorer at any point. Now, if he's your fifth scorer and he's averaging 20 points per game, I mean, then you're in a really good spot. <laughs> yeah, that sounds um, better. 
but a lot of those times, I mean, even Lou Williams, right? Lou Williams winning six man, but he was absolutely pivotal to that rotation, was playing more minutes than the starters and was basically your go-to scorer. Same with Manu Ginobili, right? Like Manu Ginobili won six man, but it just worked within the rotation, but you knew that he was one of the best players on the team. I mean, those, Mm. those, those types of six man awards are akin to taking CJ McCollum and starting uh, putting him on the bench and you have a, like you have a legit starter. You're just using your rotations a little bit to, to benefit you. Um, again, I just don't know if I see that with, with Josh Hart. It doesn't mean he's not, I mean, there's so many factors well, but, but to even, go into, but he's going to be one of the best bench rotation players in the league. If that's where he's coming. Cause even you say it that way, the idea of like, uh, he's not a starter in name only. And basically because of what we're doing rotation wise, that kind of describes what we're doing, what we're talking about where Nas would be, a less experienced, less proficient player, but he's got enough talent, enough uh, upside to put him in the starter position. And then Josh Hart, who would be a starter otherwise, has now come off the bench and maybe, again, has more of that room to operate himself instead of having to defer to people like Dame and Nurk and Grant and the rest. I, I mean, it's, it's not impossible. I, I, could, I could see it. The thing is, I think with six men, for a guard at least, uh, scoring is a big factor, right? But I think with Josh Hart, the Blazers don't need him to score. They need him to do what he does probably best. And you've, you've mentioned this rebound. plenty of times is be a top end, like 99 percentile rebounder for his size. Yep. They're going to need time. him to do that and set picks and play defense, which is what he also wins. And you don't really win sixth man of the year by being a good rebounder and defender. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's in the cards, but I does. That doesn't mean he's not. I, I He's going to be one of the most valuable rotation players in the league if you have him as a rotation player, not not a, a starter. Uh, but again, six man, it's it's just like everything else. Defensive player of the year, MVP, this and that. It's all it's all a weird award. It doesn't always go to the, the guy who's truly yeah. that guy. It's all intangible. It's it's hard to say, but we will certainly be watching for it. We will give updates on uh, on the TV and radio crews for sure. We can talk about Josh Hart's progress for the season. We're probably not going to spend too much more time talking about Dame as a superstar or not because that's just a dumb conversation. But, Chris, that's all we got for this week. It's good to get back to just you and I getting a chat for a while. And we chatted for a while, didn't we? We, we ran this thing long. Uh, but thank you as I'm always, sir. It's, it's good hearing from you. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters. And I'll probably go back and throw in some little... Come and join the Discord one more time as well.